one more with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between just one more cupcake and just one more kettlebell swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Are you following us on the social medias? Social mediums? The social meads. <laughs> I like social meads. Social meads. Uh, you can and should. Uh, we're at Just One More Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're uh, Just One More Podcast on Facebook. We post stuff through the week that has to do with the episode that came out that week, and it's a super fun way to keep us in your life. We usually try to post things that are either inspiring or funny, um, and sometimes it's pictures of our delightful faces. Um, so, yeah. yeah it's and also- our quotes. Yes. I like our quotes. Yeah. yeah. I guess those are inspirational and funny. Yeah. Often. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, give us a follow. It's also a good way to get in touch with us if you have questions or stuff you want to talk about from the episodes. So, yeah. Jump on the social meets uh, and be our friends. We need friends. Um, today... Uh, the inspiration for this episode came from Google Trends. Have you ever spent any time looking at Google Trends? I have not. So it's basically a way that Google lets you see what people are searching for. Not like specific people, but it lets you see like for a given search term, like how many people were looking at it in August versus December. So, um, or like what's what are people searching for all of a sudden that they like didn't care about before. Um, and you can search by different parts of the country, different parts of the world. I can't be like, what did Daphne search for? Uh, although I'm sure it's only good <laughs> and useful things. Um, it's a good thing my search history is not public. Not because it's like inappropriate, but because it's very weird. I'm sure like it's like, too. do yeah. spiders? Yeah. <laughs> Where do spiders have their babies? Also, what kind of chocolate is cheap? Also, <laughs> how do you really sail a sailboat? Um, it's just the contents of my brain. So anyway, um, I thought that I would look at Google Trends and look at diet Hmm. stuff that people are searching for because um, we want to be able to catch (laughs) diet trends before um, our listeners try them so that we can give you uh, the information. And I also just think it's interesting to see sort of what people out there are paying attention to because... Um, I think it tells us something about like where the wider world is on in the world of diets, um, what's being promoted and stuff. So um, that is what I did. I looked at Google Trends, um, and I overwhelmingly the top two things are keto and intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which uh, those seem to really have staying power. We've talked about them in previous episodes, um, so we're not going to talk about those specifically today, um, but we're going to talk about two that came in right under that I had not heard of. And I was like, what are these things that like thousands and thousands of people are searching for? And I've never heard of them. Turns out they're versions of things we have heard of, which is a thing in the diet industry. Anything that says it's new is probably repackaging of something old. Oh, absolutely. I mean, keto is a great example of that. Like, uh, whenever I describe keto to someone, they're like, isn't that just Atkins? And I'm like, yeah, but it's like more intense... And as like a different name. Yeah. Well, keto is about high fat, not high protein. So right, sure. But But it's I know exactly what you mean. Like when it comes to any diet, 
they get repackaged and they also get rebranded. Mm-hmm. So just based on what what is currently trendy um, or what's currently on the forefront of the wellness space, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you and I have spoken about this before too, how the word diet doesn't even... Uh, it's not even a popular term anymore. So diets disguise themselves as wellness programs or transformation programs. Absolutely. So yes, we're going to talk about some transformation programs today. Uh, So this first one um, I find interesting because it in some ways is what I think of as like a very traditional diet program where the program is providing you the food that you eat. So this people are searching for something called uh, Octavia. O-P-T-A-V-I-A. Um, so I was like, what is this? Um, the website is very, like, wellnessy, which I think is so interesting. Yeah, the word it is, diet is not on right, it but anywhere. But it is 100%. A, like, they're not even pretending not to be a diet, except that they're not using the word diet. Yeah. So it's the same company as Metafast, which we talked about in our, um, like, weirdest things, weirdest diets we've ever done episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget one of our listeners described one of their, like, Metafast meals as, like, the, like, quote-unquote mac and cheese as, like, an orange puddle of water with, like, one noodle floating in it. So this is the same company. It's a rebrand of Metafast. Um, And basically, the way it works is um, they have different, quote-unquote, plans for what you want, um, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to maintain your weight, whatever. Um... And, but the basic, like, assuming that you are searching out a diet because you want to lose weight, which is what most people who are looking for diets are doing, um, they have the optimal weight five and one plan, which includes five of what they call fuelings a day. Um, so that's basically, like, food, <laughs> food in quotes, uh, that they send to you. Um, and you can choose from more than 60 options, which include shakes, bars, soups, biscuits, and pudding. Uh, all of which they say include high-quality protein and a probiotic that uh, they claim supports digestive health. There's another buzzword. Yeah, probiotic. probiotic, Totally. So basically, five... To me, I'm going to call them snacks because... uh, So five packaged snacks, and then your sixth daily meal, which you can have at any time, they said. So flexible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's built around cooked lean protein and three servings of non-starchy vegetables. So basically, so you're, plan, eating, yeah. you're eating all their prepackaged foods, and then you cook one meal a day yeah. for yourself. That's a protein and veg. Right. Oh, um, boy. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> additionally, oh God. Um, they also, this is where I got really interested, they also have coaches. Mm-hmm. So once you've had a successful experience, guess what? You can become an Octavia coach. Yeah. What do you think that means? It means... People can buy the foods through you. Exactly. Or the through you. Yep. And then you make some money. Yep. Yeah. But you buy, like, your intro package, um, which, look, for legal reasons, I'm not going to say this is a pyramid scheme, but... It is. It is. It absolutely is. It's like Mary Kay. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, all of the pyramid schemes out there, and there are so many, and... I just really if you're don't not, like any of them. <laughs> if you're not familiar with multi-level marketing, which is the other... Where, like, it's definitely multi-level marketing, whether or not you want to call it a pyramid scheme. I guess it's interesting. I was doing some research on pyramid schemes, which I highly recommend because it's very interesting. <laughs> um, but, like, the difference between something that is considered a pyramid scheme and is not basically has to do with, like, how likely you are to get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's sort of a debatable So point. I guess if you are less likely to get screwed, then they, don't they, call can, it a, they can call it high-level or multi-level, multi-level marketing. marketing. But okay. basically, yeah, multi-level marketing basically means like 
the company has a product, um, I buy the product from them and sell it to other people. If other people sign up through me to buy the product and sell it to people, I make money not just on what I sell, but also yeah. on what my um, minions sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so the real way to make money is to have to trick as many other people as possible into selling under you. Um, and then you make a percentage of what they make. But whoever is stuck at the end of that chain um, uh, has a rough time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, so, okay, so that's part of okay, yeah. part of this. Um, and uh, I, I do have a major problem with those multi-level marketing yeah. health and wellness brands because... I have kind of like sampled and tried all of them, and I'm just going to name names. Sure, name them away. But like, I've tried, you know, Arbon and Shackley and Juice Plus, and none of them have like changed my life. You know, I, I didn't sign on. I was never a part of the multi-level marketing thing. I may have either purchased a product or tried one out to like help a friend. But at the end of the day, did anything totally revolutionize my life, whether it was like a supplement or a bar or a protein powder? Um, no. If it literally all. sold itself, it wouldn't have to be multi-level marketing. Yeah, exactly. Like, they really build communities where they do, I don't even know if community is the right word, but they do. It's these, what they like, say. Conferences. Yeah, yeah, where, like, everyone gets together and it's like everyone is so... Um, I guess this is just across the board with whatever company you kind of fall in love with, but everyone just seems kind of uh, slightly brainwashed. So, yeah, this is exactly the same thing with Octavia. That's how they get the word out, that clearly they're marketing towards a very specific demographic. Um, It seems like they've been featured in People Magazine. They've been on a ton of um, talk shows. So this brand is getting spoken about. Totally. Yeah. Um, And it's... would say that like it's especially nefarious I think to do multi-level marketing in the diet sector because people are so emotionally vulnerable oh my god and if your friend it's already a thing where if you have a friend who loses a bunch of weight everyone asks that friend for advice Mm -hmm. um Holly Toronto talked about this um in her episode that like she lost a bunch of weight in a really unhealthy way and everyone in her life came to her for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and because people are so desperate to lose weight and when they see it happen for a friend, they're like, oh, I, I want to do whatever you did. Um, and so, like, it's such an easy way to trap people into doing stuff. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's an easy yeah. way to trap people into doing things. And then uh, it's it's also appealing when people know that there's a potential to make money off of it. Totally. Yeah. If who doesn't uh, like money? Yeah. Like if someone I can lose tries it and get rich, and, please. And I will go to say this: like if you are eating four bars and shakes a day, like yeah, maybe you will lose a little bit of weight. You're going to gain it back. Yeah. You're going to gain it back the second you stop doing this, and you can't do this forever. You cannot live on five prepackaged bars and shakes and snacks a day plus some chicken and some frickin' broccoli and sustain <laughs> that for your entire life. Yeah. You just can't. You right. just physically, physiologically cannot. Another thing, another big problem I have with this is um, uh, you and I are huge proponents of eating real food and the appealing thing about when people are in diet world and when men and women have diet mentality and they are thinking about calories 
they almost stray away from real foods because when they eat packaged foods, they can count those numbers and they can track those quote unquote grams Mm -hmm. a little bit better. Totally. When in reality, eating all this processed crap that was manufactured in a factory um, that's made from a lot of synthetic materials, like things that are not real food, things that your body can't process, but it might be 120 calories. It's just not good for you. Yeah. It's just not good for you. And you know, you and I, we always say, you know, eat what you want to eat, but like, do you really want to eat these prepackaged bars and shakes? No, right? I want to eat what they promise they'll do to my life. Right. Exactly. That's well, what it is. Okay. So, um, just in terms of like what it costs, um, I, one of the things that I looked at said that for about three weeks worth of the like prepackaged stuff, it's between 350 and 425 for 119 servings. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you'd have to buy your groceries for your sixth, your sixth <laughs> meal of the day. So this is not um, cheap. It's not cheap. It's also like not as expensive as programs that make you actual food, which makes sense. They're not making you actual food. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about why stuff like this is appealing because mm-hmm. when we talk about diets and stuff on the show, yeah. yeah, totally. We. First of all, we know someone listening has done this because just like by statistics, like we're talking about it because people are looking for it and you're not stupid to have done these things. I think sometimes when we talk about the plans, it's easy for us to get into like, look at how dumb this is mode. But the truth is like people who do these things are not dumb. They do them for a reason. And so I wanted to talk about some of the reasons that Mm -hmm. this particular diet might be appealing. And the first one is it's easy. You throw money at it and someone else makes your choices. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that we've been talking about a lot is that, like, diets are appealing because you don't have to choose. Um, What you were just saying about packaged foods, they they have the calories on there so you don't have to decide when to stop. You eat until it's done and then you can feel fine about it. Um, You don't have to figure out what to cook, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is really appealing to people. because it's a multi-level marketing thing, a friend might have suggested it to you, which makes it more appealing. Like, most of us who have tried any diet, it's because it worked for a friend Mm -hmm. or because a friend suggested it. And we're so much more vulnerable to things our friends do and say than things that we just, like, see on TV. Um, And the last one is, you probably do see weight loss right away because you're cutting a ton of calories. Like, there are not enough calories in this diet. In the beginning, if you cut out a bunch of calories, you are likely to lose weight, and so, if people see quote unquote success right away, that's really appealing, mm-hmm. right? Everyone wants a lose weight fast um, plan. Um, so I understand why it's appealing. Now let's talk about why it's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, you know, and going off of what you were saying about, um, yeah, I think you and I definitely wanna make sure all of our listeners know that there's no judgment from us. And also... We're judging the program, not you. Right. And I would like to say, like, I myself have done so many of these things. I remember when I was 12 years old, every single infomercial, I was like the queen of watching infomercials as a 12-year-old. Every infomercial involving some type of diet product, whether it was a bar or a shake or an exercise program or a piece of equipment or anything that I thought would help me lose weight because I thought that I was just broken. I was, I just thought that I was like fat and I thought that I was, um, you know, I thought that I just needed to be fixed and I was so young. And so, um, you know, everything I was like, I, I should try Jenny Craig. I should try Weight Watchers. I should try X and all Y the 90s and Z, hits. all the nineties hits. And, um, and 
I, I also like got swept in on these things, you know, and I remember, uh, you know, I was young and, and my mom would order them for me because I begged her. I begged her. It's like when someone begs a parent for a toy and they finally give in, it was like that. And my family, we didn't have the kind of like the knowledge to, to know like what this all meant well, you know it's like told no exactly parents that were that like yeah you, you need to help your kids with your food and and with their food and and all that so I think like what I really want to stress is just like when you and I did our big Weight Watchers episode a few weeks back and we kind of decoded Weight Watchers you know when we decode these um diets uh there's no there's no judgment on our end for anyone who has tried them or anyone who's currently on them. I think it is really good though that we are offering some shifts in perspective and some very valuable paradigm shifts um, on why it is we, we don't need these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the things that I found in relation to this diet had to do with a 2015 study uh, at John Hopkins. Um, and they basically said um, they ran uh, a study with randomized controlled trials, which is like the gold standard for, and it wasn't sponsored by Octavia, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which a lot of the studies on Octavia are sponsored by the company, which is not unusual. Um, And uh, they ran studies for 12 weeks or longer, um, and participants in low-calorie meal programs like Medifast or Octavia, um, they lost more weight than people who weren't participating in them in the short term, but that uh, they only found one long-term study, which showed no benefit for these plans at 12 months. So that's a pretty short amount of time. Like within a year, there's no benefit. Um, And the very low calorie programs also carry higher risks of complications, which include gallstones, uh, which does not sound that fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So the science just isn't there that long-term, like long-term diets don't work. Yeah. Like, Humans, it's pretty yeah. concrete. They also, everything that I read about the studies about this comment on how many people drop out yeah. of the studies, mm-hmm. which, like, makes it hard to study because people don't stay on them. But, like, if people can't stay on them, that's sort of a result in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, There's yeah. so much. Uh, another kind of terrible thing about programs and diets and plans is that when you do one human thing and you don't follow said plan you automatically feel like you've either A, fallen off the wagon, or B, you are a failure. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really affects humans on a very emotional scale over time. And so for people who are chronic dieters who have been dieting pretty much since they were young, either on again, off again, um, it's called a, it's just a diet yo-yo cycle where you're either dieting or you're not, but when you're not dieting, you're pretty much actively Binging, yeah. So it's just gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. A, the human body was never designed to do that, and B, the human mind was never designed to do this. Another thing with this plan specifically is, uh, once again, you get your five servings or your five fuelings, fuelings, your five like snack bar type things, and then you get your one meal. This is once again 
taking us out of a completely intuitive place where we can listen to what our body needs and what what our body's craving and what we mentally, physically, emotionally need at a given time. We're shutting all of that down and eating because right now the plan says it's 11 a.m. so I have to eat this bar even if I'm not hungry or I'm starving, but my plan says you know, I can only have this other shake right now, so I'm going to have a shake, but really I should probably have like a cheeseburger, you know, like it's, um, it's, it's throwing off our calibration system. Diets like this on a deep societal level are throwing off our ability to be in tune with our biological, mental, physical, and emotional hunger needs. Um, and it's also messing up the way our brain perceives hunger like it's messing it up so it's just getting us dependent on something external for when we should eat versus something internal and i'm not saying you should only eat when you're hungry because in my work another thing i've really learned is you should also eat because it's celebration or because it's um a special occasion and that's fine like emotional eating is not a bad thing at all like you can eat ice cream if you're sad and if it makes you feel better amazing (laughs) you know like So what the very dangerous thing about these diets where it's a lot of prepackaged, um, prepackaged food items, I'm hesitant to even call it food because it's, it's not, um, the, the dangerous thing is you completely lose your intuition. You completely you completely believe this new normalcy of either denying hunger cues or eating when you're not hungry. Uh, it's like what you and I spoke about with Weight Watchers a long time ago. It's like, oh, I have points left over at the end of the day, so I should still eat something because, oh my gosh, I have the points. Well, if you're not actually hungry, like, why would you? But mm-hmm. we, it, like, messes with our brains that way. Totally. Yeah. Anything that makes all your meals for you is not part of a sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. Like, you're just not going to live that way forever. Yeah. And it's not, like, teaching you what to eat because it's teaching you to eat these pre-made things. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're not even getting... It's not a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and, and it anything is that really cut, Yeah, anything that too. cuts calories that much also yeah. isn't sustainable. Yeah. You're going to get hungry. Your body is smart. Your body's smarter than you think. Your body's going to catch on. It's going to know. And it's going to notice the calorie deficit. And it will eventually um, pendulum back the other way. Yeah. It will. I mean, what person do you know who's, like, successfully dieted their way to quote-unquote thinness? No one. Forever. It's just yo-yo. Everyone yeah. just yo-yos back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until they realize, like, they've lived their lives in complete and utter hell. And then, <laughs> you know, and then they, like, figure it out that they just can't do it anymore. So, I know it's a very, <laughs> like, very, like, blunt way to put it's it. grim. But, yeah, pretty grim. But... So, uh, round up on Octavia. Do not recommend. <laughs> yeah. Save yeah. yourself the time and effort and money, and also save your friends from being sold this bill of goods yeah. by you, someone they know and trust. And start to protect yourself from these terms like um, healthy habits and lifelong transformations and probiotics and um, <laughs> just all these words that don't say diet, but are buzzwords that are wrapping up a diet in, like, pretty wellness wrapping paper. Yeah, and people know it's a diet. Like, the reason this came up was because I was searching what people look for when they search the term diet. Mm-hmm. So, like, people yeah. aren't dumb. They know it's a diet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't do it, guys. 
Yeah, it's not going to fix your life. It's not going to fix your yeah, life. Yeah, the only person who can fix your life is you. Snap! <laughs> so, so figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Listen figure, to our show. We'll help yeah, you. Figure out what is the core issue. And, totally. And yeah, don't put it all in your food. Right. <laughs> all right. So this next one is interesting um, I because I had never heard of it. And it's it um, highlighted to me how, like, America-centric my thoughts about diets and diet culture are. Because one of the other things that came up in the searches, I am I apologize so much for my pronunciation. I'm really gonna do my best here. So one of the diets that came up was the Vira Machaneni Ramakrishna diet. And I was like, <laughs> what? Um, did you know there's this country called India that is full of so many people? I had no idea. Yeah, so it turns out there is. It's like China, but India instead. <laughs> Um, turns out huge number of people live there and they also are affected by diet culture. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so this diet was created by an accountant um, who named it for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he call, he calls it um, K-E-T-O, like an abbreviation, but he claims to have never heard of keto, the keto diet. <laughs> I don't oh know how this is being how this is happening. But it's basically keto with an Indian twist, which I found so fascinating. Um, so, uh, uh, he has these four, what he calls the four pillars. Um, and so the four pillars of the diet are, um, 70 to a hundred grams of fat. So it's a high fat diet, like keto, mm-hmm. um, three lemons a day, four liters of water a day, and one vitamin tablet a day. Um, and, uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting about it is, um, he, when he talks about it, he says that, um, traditional fats that are traditional in Indian cooking have been demonized. Um, and, and this is struck a chord with me because it has to do with like the low fat movement that we grew up with. Um, and, uh, he basically feels that like the Indian, um, diet has been, um, messed with because Indian people have received the message that their traditional fats are bad for them. Um, and so he recommends, um, using coconut oil and ghee, which is clarified butter, which is like so classic in Indian cooking. It's like a core part, from what I understand as not an expert, core part of Indian cooking, um, using those things instead of avoiding them um, and using olive oil and butter and cream, uh, butter and cream that like forms on the top of yogurt and stuff. Um, so basically he's making the claim that like Western culture has screwed up Indian eating and that's affecting our health. And so one of the things to do to is to like sort of go back to what our ancestors ate, Hmm. which I think is a really interesting idea because it also talks about like the cultural um, effect that the U.S. has on other places. Yeah. Um, That like our diet culture doesn't just screw over Americans. Mm -hmm. Like we're exporting it worldwide. Um, And, uh, there are other uh, a few other things that are restricted on the diet. Um, you're not supposed to have potatoes, yams, and tapioca, or beans, or sugars. Um, so I think there are there are some differences in some like specifics that are different. But I think uh, thinking of it as like an Indian version of keto is mm-hmm. a good shorthand for it. Um, and actually, on Reddit there is a subreddit called Desi Keto. Um, which is a, a similar idea, this like sort of Indian food focused version of keto. Um, another fascinating thing about it is, so he doesn't charge for this. Um, he 
Uh, it's free. Um, and he's all over YouTube and Indian TV promoting this diet. He claims, I think, to have had certain health problems that then going on this diet helped. He, like, lost a bunch of weight. Um, and I think uh, this all gets into why it's so appealing. Um, first of all, it's free. I think people... First of all, people don't like spending money, so things that are free are helpful. But also I think people trust um, people who aren't overtly trying to make money a little bit more. They're like, oh, if he's like just sharing this out of the goodness of his heart, then it's not a suspect. Um, I also think it's appealing because it's culturally specific. I think there's something really appealing about a message that says, your ancestors had it right and modern Western culture has been messing with your health. I mean, it's the same thing that's behind paleo in some ways. Um, I would guess that this is a thing in other countries too. Um, but I would I would bet that's really appealing to have one say, someone say, like, your grandma was right. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that appealing when people here talk about, like, eating real food. One of the things that appeals to me about that is this idea that, like, Somewhere back in our history, we knew better. Yeah. And that we've yeah. strayed. Yeah. So this is really interesting because um, I can understand where he's coming from. Totally. And I can understand why he has maybe felt better eating in this manner. And so he has taken, even though he claims to have not heard of the ketogenic diet, this is this is keto. Yeah. It's keto, and you're right, with an Indian twist in the sense that Actually, honestly, there's not too much that's Indian about it at all. Except because, that the guy is Indian. Except that the guy is in Indian. It's, it's pretty much exactly keto. In the sense that on keto, um, you still are... You, your, your focus is to still consume fats as your main food group. Um, so there's... In my mind, there are some, some like aspects of this that I get. The, the whole notion of, okay, well, there was never really a reason for us to cut out ghee and butter and coconut oil in the first place. Like We actually made a very, very, very big mistake decades ago by eliminating fat, and that led to the rise in the obesity epidemic because we talk about then everyone was doing low fat, no fat, so everything was pumped full of sugar. And then um, that led to essentially a large decline in health all across the world. And in this case, uh, he still does focus on nutrient density. He still does kind of focus on like the satiation factor. And, and you do feel satisfied when you eat more fats. And you and I always talk about on this podcast that we really should be eating more fat. Yeah. And um, we should be eating fat because it tastes good and it's satiating and things like avocado and ghee and olive oil and um, coconut, did I say coconut oil? Coconut oil, yeah. These things are very, very good. Like if you have pasta sauce, it's like if you throw a splash of heavy cream in there, like wow, that totally transforms it. Or like, oh, um, if you have a salad and you throw an avocado and olive oil, like that completely transforms it. It's a way better or salad. Like, yeah, exactly. A way better salad. Or, oh, if you um, have coffee, imagine putting skim milk in coffee and then imagine doing maybe half and half in coffee. So that fat in food does not equal fat on our body. In fact, that fat is good because it helps block the absorption of uh, glucose getting converted into excess body fat right away. So it, it's just helping us, helping us metabolize things better, helping us with better absorption. 
So we need fat. It's good for our hair, our skin, our nails, um, our intestines. I get that. So I get, I, I support what he's there's saying. A core, there's a kernel of truth. There's like a, yeah. And you're right with the, the term core too. Like at, at this core value, it I do feel like he is saying to everyone, um, look, like there was actually really nothing wrong with eating ghee and we should still have ghee and yogurt and um, cook with, uh, you know, dairy and we should still have oil and eat things that are satiating and you know society deemed these things as bad and now let's make them good again i get that but where my issue is with this and with the ketogenic diet um in general is that the elimination factor right is you just so extreme yeah it's so extreme like like you- we're talking zero grams of carbohydrates a day maybe some carbohydrates from the vegetables you eat um but it's so hard to maintain. Yeah. And it's, it's also, um, it, it makes people psychotic. Like, it honestly <laughs> makes people psychotic because you start to obsess over grams again. Right. And you start to obsess over macros, like protein, fats, and carbs. And you start to obsess over, um, once again, following a plan. And he does have a plan. Like mm-hmm. he, And then he says things like, no salt. And... And like yeah, have a, take a vitamin, fine, you know. But that's but if you that's miss not it one day, it's not a big revolutionary. Deal. Yeah, and I mean the way that I put this was, the the fat stuff is great. Like yeah, totally eat more fats, um, and traditional fats. Yeah, um, but he says but cut you can out also else. you like, can totally eat the things he says not to eat. Like we've mm-hmm. talked before about how any diet that says not to eat beans is like a hill of beans. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like full of beans. So he says no beans, no potatoes, no starch. Yeah, um, those things no are all fruit, fine. No bananas, uh, nothing that has any glucose or really any type of carbohydrate in it, which I've learned is really not a way. You can't sustain that. Right. You just can't sustain that. Yeah, it's really hard and totally unnecessary to give up carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, you can get the benefits of eating more fats without cutting out carbs. Um you just don't have to do it. And like, and trying to do it is a way to get more obsessive about your food, which is a thing that mm-hmm. like we would not recommend. We're recommending ways to worry less about the things that uh, you're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also not great for heart health. Um, there's some evidence that, uh, that eating the way that he recommends, uh, it's not great for your heart. So, I just thought this was so interesting to get a window into what a version of diet culture looks like in another part of the world. Yeah, it is really interesting. It's also really interesting that it exists and it's it's as prevalent as it is here in America, which makes me kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. We're exporting okay. a lot of stuff we don't yeah. really need to be like, exporting. I kind of wish that wasn't so, but it's to the point now where... It's like I, I heard a concept a while back, and it's just the, the concept of, like, the universal teenager, how teenagers in every single country are all the same. Like, they are all on Instagram, they are all on social media, they all dress yeah. the same, they all talk the same, they all kind of look the same, um, they're all wearing the same clothes, and uh, it's just, everything's just becoming universal, like, the world isn't so separate anymore, and, and um, it makes me kind of sad that diet culture, um, which was definitely more of an American thing, is now worldwide. And the extra crazy thing, and this is a factor in America too, but um, in India, more than 20% of people are estimated to live below the poverty line. Mm -hmm. And so 
those people are not worried about being thin, you know, as yeah. a generalization. Like, they're yeah. worried about having enough to survive. And um, it's such an interesting thing in... And, and this is true in the U.S. too, that, like, um, there are such differing concerns related to food depending on how much money you have. Because mm-hmm. when you don't have money, the concern is getting enough food to live. Yeah. And you can't be concerned as concerned about, like, how high quality it is, where it came from, all those things that we yuppies in Brooklyn love to worry about. <laughs> um, and if you're rich, you're worried about how to not eat food and how to lose weight and all of those things and um, spending mo- throwing money at that problem. Um, it's like, what if we just took all the money that people spend on diets and instead used it to feed the poor? That's such a brilliant idea. I don't know how we make that happen. Like, how but can we create an organization? I don't know, like a nonprofit diet. Yeah, nonprofit. <laughs> Whatever money you were going to spend on diets, put it into this nonprofit, and we'll right? go feed the hungry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's not a bad thing to do if you're feeling like down about your life and it's making you feel like <laughs> paying for a diet. Like, maybe I'll look for some charities that you can put that money into instead. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so that is our rundown of Octavia, and again, so sorry about my pronunciation, the Vera Machaneni Ramakrishna version of keto. Um, so yeah, if you hear about these things, if you hear people talking about them in the break room at work, now you have a little more information to be like, hey, did you know that's a pyramid scheme? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, speaking of pyramid schemes, I was going to say, if you're into pyramid schemes, check out um, the podcast The Dream. Um, it's by Jane Marie, who used to be uh, on This American Life for like years and years and years. Um, and it's all about uh, pyramid schemes. And it's apparently amazing. So check out The Dream if you want to learn more about multi-level marketing. I'm totally going to check that out. I am out. too. Um, and uh, yeah. And just a reminder that if, if we... if us breaking down these diets has made you feel frustrated because you were looking to a diet like this as an answer to a problem you have and now you feel like we've taken away your answer we get it um some things you can do instead are work with a coach yeah a a body positive health at every size coach to talk about like where these feelings are coming from and get to to the root um, of your emotions love your body hc Oh, yeah, that's Holly's website. Yeah. Um, Holly does individual stuff, and she also does group stuff. Um, you can always email Daphne. <laughs> she is an expert on these things and can help get you uh, the help that you need. Um, if you see a therapist, talking about this stuff with your therapist can be a good idea. Um, if your therapist is like, diets are great, maybe, like, seek a new therapist. Um, yeah, go to Love Your Body HC and then also Isabel Fox and Duke. Oh, and yes. then we just challenge mm-hmm. you to start shifting your paradigms on the beliefs that you may have had mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And I always talk about, you know, for me, I, I lived 33 years of my life um, not even realizing I was just on a perpetual diet. And I just thought it was my life. And mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that there was reality beyond that. And I got there. And it's pretty cool when you make it to the other side. Yeah. So. You get to eat muffins and it's great. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting here with two muffins. Uh, cool. Uh, well, thanks for helping us break these down, Daphne. Anytime. This is a feature we call Best Choice, where Daphne and I look at the menu of a fast, casual restaurant that is common around the country, and she helps us make uh, 
the best choice. Now, here's my caveat that I say every time, get what you want. Like, it doesn't, we're not telling you that you can only order this thing. Um, if you go once a year, or even if you go every week and it's like your special treat and you love it, get whatever you want, we don't care. Um, but if this is a place that you feel <laughs> that you're like stuck going for some reason, <laughs> um, maybe you're like uh, on a road trip and it's like the only food option you have, and you want uh, some advice in making a nutritious choice, even in what seems like a nutrition wasteland, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. So today we're going to talk about one that's close to my heart from my childhood, Pizza Hut. It's my childhood too. Yeah. Did you guys do Book It? We did. So if you didn't, I, I figure everyone of our generation probably did Book It, but basically there was this program, I mean, we can talk about... (laughs) <laughs> problem with a program like this but we did this program in school where if you like read a certain number of books you um got a coupon for pizza hut for yeah. a free personal pan pizza mm-hmm. there was a pizza hut in our neighborhood um we did not go out for like chain at chain restaurant well this like this kind of chain restaurant all that much but pizza hut was one of the places we went we also every time we drove to nebraska to visit my um family there we would stop at the Pizza Hut Buffet in Ankeny, Iowa. Aww. Um So great. Um, like, Pizza Hut was pizza to me as a young person. Yeah, me too. Well, and I have a, a lovely history with Pizza Hut, too. And I loved it. So growing up, we just got delivery from there all the time. And uh, growing up, my younger sister was super picky. And she's not anymore. <laughs> just, I just need to. <laughs> she's every, also a grown-up. Everyone to know. Yeah, she's an adult now. But she didn't really eat anything besides Subway sandwiches and Pizza Hut and Bagel Bites. So I had a lot of Pizza Hut growing up because it was pretty much the only thing she would eat. And I liked it. So, yeah, near and dear to my heart. So here's what I would get if I was in a nutrition wasteland and Pizza Hut was my only option. Um, I would totally go for a pizza and I would just load it with a ton of chicken and vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, like that actually sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, actually, not to say there's nothing wrong with like there's nothing wrong with pepperoni or sausage. Yeah. Um, sometimes my stomach gets a little funky with like a lot of the um, like the those types of meats. I still eat them, but sausage I would and pepperoni probably... are more processed because you have to go through a process to get them. Mm-hmm. They don't like no animal has a pepperoni inside Yeah, so it's them. a little harder to break down. It, it's a little all. hard to break down, and it's more likely to be high in sodium. Yeah. Um, so I would just do chicken, and then I would get all the vegetables. Like, the, I would get as many yeah. veggies as I could on it, just the for the satiety factor. is such a good, like, it's a thing I don't think about with pizza, because I'm just like, oh, pizza is like, you know, a treat food or whatever. Um But actually, pizza is one of those things that you might find in a strip mall or whatever where you actually have access to vegetables. Mm -hmm. Like, um, when we talked about Subway, I remember a friend of mine studied abroad in Russia in the winter, um, and he said, like, the hardest thing was there just weren't fresh vegetables. Oh, my gosh. Um, And he said (laughs) that they would go to Subway, because there were Subways in Moscow, and they would get veggie subs and just pile, because that was a place that had... The spinach, um, the tomatoes, right. like the, yeah. And, and pizza actually is a good option for that because they're always, like, peppers and onions and yeah. stuff like that you can put on there. Yeah. Huh. That sounds pretty tasty to it me. It does sound good. They have a veggie lover's pizza, and you can also create your own. Um, yeah, you could do the veggie lover's and then add chicken. There you go. Um, let's see. Do they have any uh, salads that are exciting? 
I mean, it's not. I'm not going to go into Pizza Hut and just order a salad. Let's be honest. Let's see. Sides? Is it under sides? Nope, no salads. No salads. Well, so a lot of Pizza Huts at least used to have salad bars. And that's kind of a fun thing. I felt like they had salad bars. I remember that. Maybe it's just not on the menu because they don't let you order it. Maybe not. Oh, yeah, yeah. For delivery? That makes sense. Yeah, uh, maybe you have to actually physically go there. Listen, uh, uh, our reporters out in America, if you go to a Pizza Hut and see that they have a salad bar, take a picture and send it to us. Yeah. We want to know. Let us know. If there are still salad bars at Pizza Huts. Because um, that's always a fun thing to do. It it's is. Like make your salad yeah. to have with your pizza. I love a good salad bar. I do too. Um, cool. Well, uh, thanks for helping us make a best choice at Pizza Hut, Daddy. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at JustOneMorePod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash JustOneMorePodcast, or you can email us at info at JustOneMorePodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.